Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cloud Wars Live, where we explore today's digital revolution by speaking with business executives and thought leaders who are changing how the world lives, works, plays, learns, and dreams. Our guest today on this special sponsored episode of Cloud Wars Live is Steve Dehib, who's a senior vice president at Oracle, overseeing a lot of their cloud businesses. Steve, welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. Good to have you. Thank you and, so uh, much for having me. Happy New Year's. Happy New Year's to you, sir. It looks like 2020 should be an interesting time here for uh, what's going on with Oracle in the cloud. I think so. I'm looking forward to it. I think we've come off a great 2019, and I'm looking forward to what 2020 will bring. Fantastic, Steve. So, you know, t let's start off by, could you touch a little bit on the Oracle cloud strategy overall and where things, as you go into this exciting 2020 year, where do things stand for you folks? Yeah, no problem. And I think like this is appropriately titled because it's cloud wars. It's not IaaS wars, you know, it's cloud wars. And so when we think of cloud, you know, we look at it holistically. Cloud includes an application layer and those could be, you know, ERP, HCM, CX applications, supply chain. It could be retail applications, construction applications, healthcare. So you have all these things that exist now in the cloud. And then you have this platform layer, which of course includes data management, which is database and integration and application development and important things like analytics and security. And then we see that foundational layer, which is your infrastructure as a service. So that's gonna be your servers, your networking, your compute. And we think it's important not only to participate in all layers of the cloud, because um, at the end of the day, I don't think customers think in terms of those buckets. People sometimes might conflate cloud with IaaS, but if I'm moving in an application to cloud or if I'm building something net new, that could span apps, that could span integration, that could span analytics, that could span storage. Um, and, and then it's not just the cloud pieces, but you know, I think hybrid is a new black. That's one of my predictions in 2020, how about that? You know, I mean, it really is because at the end of the day, people people need a thoughtful approach to cloud. And I think it's going to be one that is not only multi-cloud, but multi-cloud on-prem. So I think that's ultimately how we, we think of it. So Cloud Wars is the right way to think of it for sure. Well, Steve, I, I agree with you. And, you know, it's funny as you were describing that hybrid's new black. I think it was, you know, a couple of years ago, I think Larry had coined the term the decade of coexistence. Yeah. It's not going to be, you know, all of one or all the other. This, this is the world that your customers want to live in, right? Yeah, I think so. And if you think about where we came from, from an on-prem world, I mean, we worked with everything. I mean, we ran on everybody's hardware. We worked alongside Microsoft and SAP and, and, and different flavors of, of software and different networking products and different security products and multiple analytic products. And so we came from this heterogeneous on-prem world. And so as we move to cloud, and my people might say, oh, it's a little bit surprising that you've worked with a Microsoft or a VMware, but for us, it's, sort of, it's, it's natural in terms of not only simplifying the migration to cloud, um, but also understanding that it would be multi-cloud. And I think we get that because our DNAs come from a multi-vendor on-prem world. Yeah, and Steve, one of the big issues here for 2020, uh, you know, is, the the acceptance of the awareness of and the whole thing about autonomous database i think it's been quite interesting to see that there's really no other challenge or no other competitor to this technology oracle has 
But from what Larry and Safra have said on the earnings calls, it certainly seems that customers are very eager to see what could happen here with a, in the digital world of digital business to have a database that is fully autonomous. So talk to us a little bit about what the reaction to that has been and uh, what's the momentum like right now. Yeah, it's it's been amazing. You know, I think as Larry mentioned, it's probably one of our most successful launches to date. I think the quarter over quarter, it's growing by 100%. We have thousands of customers running on it. And I think the value props are just too, really too amazing to ignore if you think about it. And not not trying to be, you know, marketing hyperbole, but if you think about it, it, it it's self-driving, you know, it's self-securing and it's self-repairing. So it eliminates human errors. It automates, you know, most of the tasks, 80, 90% of the tasks that you would normally have to take on with respect to maintenance and others. Things like self-patching might be the killer app. You know, we used to talk about in terms of killer apps for, for things back in the day. I know I'm dating myself. Um, but for customers, especially when you look at some of these breaches, I mean, Equifax was a breach that was, uh, um, it was an unpatched database. You look at things like Capital One and that was an internal attack and it was something that just wasn't secured, you know, encrypted by default, which Autonomous does as well. And so we think, you know, at the end of the day, self-securing, self-repairing and self-driving relate to reduced cost because the maintenance is automated for me. It, it, it amounts to reduced risks, again, self-patching, self-encrypting, elimination of human error. And then it also really helps customers focus on innovation. So if I'm not spending time on the maintenance, if I'm not spending time gathering data and preparing the data and analyzing the data, but I'm, you know, it's time to insights. It's in the things people are doing with autonomous are amazing. And I'd love to talk to you more about that. Um, you know, those value props are hard to ignore. And in addition, not like I think, sort of the Amazon case that's out there where it takes, you know, years and a hundred teams and, you know, uh, unlimited resources to move off of Oracle. We make it very simple for our customers to adopt autonomous database. Yeah, that seems to be something, Steve, we're hearing more and more from Oracle about that. It's simple, it's fast, and it's that, that Oracle has sort of taken on a lot of the integration responsibility rather than, you know, as we've seen over the last 10, 15, 20 years in the enterprise space, the vendors sold this stuff out to the customers and it was the customer's responsibility to make all that mismatch stuff work together. I think that's right. It's a, it's a fundamentally different philosophy. Like if you look at what we're doing with emerging technology, we're taking things like machine learning and we're embedding it into the database to make it self-driving. We're taking that technology and we're integrating it into our security technology so it can automatically identify anomalous behavior or events and protect against that. Uh, we're using machine learning to, to provide autonomous Linux OS, which gives you a pure self-driving, self-securing, self-repairing, no human error operating system as well. And it's interesting, but we're also taking the same technology and we're weaving it into the applications. Wow. So machine learning integrated into ERP can help you automatically identify fraud via audits. Uh, integrated into supply chain allows you to um, recognize patterns and pricing and optimize your supply chain. So we do feel if you sort of see how other vendors talk about something like machine learning, it's like 
download the code, you need like a room full of PhDs and you can figure out what to do with it. And to your point exactly, we've done the hard work to take this technology and implement it into the services we offer our customers so they have out-of-box value leveraging that technology, but they don't need to do the work themselves. You know, focus on what matters the most for your company and let us do the hard work on the integration. Steve, if I could follow up with one other thing on that, I think it was at, at Open World that Steve Miranda talked about, as you just pointed out, some of the benefits from having applications that are optimized to run with autonomous database. Yeah. And more recently also, uh, Bruno Aziza on the analytics side has described how there's more capabilities there when you've got those analytical tools tied in specifically with autonomous. Yeah, that's exactly right. With autonomous being the foundation to the apps, with autonomous plus Oracle Analytics Cloud or, or autonomous with third party, to your point, third party vendor analytics tools can leverage that a power of machine learning integrated into the database um, where you don't need to spend the time actually gathering the data. You can spend more time on understanding it and taking action. And for core tasks that are associated with applications like HCM, like sales and marketing tools, like supply chain, like ERP, you can automate these core asks and or tasks and you can actually aggregate data in a way where you could present sort, you know, recommendations, you know, and they could be based on historical and then you, you, you get into a, a place where there will be predictive. Um, it can automatically take actions for you or you could understand the data and self-direct it. So we give a lot of options for our customers in terms of how they leverage this technology. Yeah, and Steve, within uh, your, your recent comments here, you had mentioned a couple of financial services companies that you know had that sort of wake up in the morning and the worst nightmare happens with the breaches. Yeah. You've got a unique approach now to cybersecurity, right, with autonomous and across the Oracle Cloud. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, for us, it's, I mean, I think this is something that's been, you know, it's our DNA. I mean, really 40 years worth of focusing on security. And that's no different as we move to cloud. And when you look at it, it's multiple areas. There's the, you know, we hear a lot about the perimeter, you know, it's about protecting the network, but users are the new perimeter. And then it's about application access. It's about encrypted data. And then it's about the infrastructure itself. And so, um, you know, you look at some of this and 70% of breaches are still happening internal to a company. So I can tout all I want about network perimeter defense, but at the end of the day, if that data isn't encrypted, which was sort of a case of one of these financial institutions, you lose 100 million records because of internal error, internal malpractice, um, you know, in some of the cases where you just didn't get around to patching. And these are big, complex environments. I mean, this is just difficult to do. So why not take emerging technology like machine learning and integrate that with, you know, decades, thousands of man years worth of engineering database optimization you know, because we, we couple that and then along with our Gen 2 cloud to give you this autonomous capability. So, and security is first, it's users, it's apps, it's data, it's infrastructure, it's inside out. Um, these breaches wouldn't have happened on Oracle, you know, if it was encrypted at rest, internal breach wouldn't have mattered. If it was an Oracle database, it would have been self-patched. And I mean, you look at the competitors out there and the response was, 
hey, it performed as designed, or it's the customer's responsibility to you know, address the configurations. And we're like, it's a shared responsibility. And so it's a fundamentally different approach. And I think when you start seeing the acceleration to cloud, I mean, this is a main concern to people. It's not like, you know, I need the performance, I need the scalability, I need the reliability, and security is paramount as I move my resources to cloud. Steve, there's, there's a couple other factors as well, right? Because, you know, as you've pointed out there, the, the, the stakes are higher, the move toward digital business is putting more data at motion with yeah. more people inside businesses appropriately having access to be able to help make the right decisions. And then in another dimension, you've got uh, IoT happening and the incredible new capabilities that happen there. But with that progress comes the cost of securing all that. So the, the nature of the uh, perimeter, as you described it, is broadening more rapidly than we can really imagine. And the number of people who are now involved in working with data is higher than ever before. So these issues that you've described about the strategic importance of security at every possible layer and level is just, it seems it's more important than ever before. And it's only going to become more so, right? I, I think you're right. And, and you're right. There's, it's the type of data that's out there. We see these personal records. We see facial recognition data that is getting hijacked. Um, you're right. There's a broader set of people line of business now. I mean, you know, I had a marketing intern configure an autonomous database in two minutes. And it's interesting when you look at our new data warehouse sales, 40% of them are actually net new to uh, Oracle workloads. It's not a lift and shift. And many of them are in line of business. And so you're right. There's more people than traditional IT that's, that's touching the data. Now, I think the positive thing about this as we engage with customers is while security used to be inhibitor to cloud, we're actually now seeing it as enabler. You know, we go in and we present our story and customers are like, your cloud's gonna be more secure than I can do on my own. And so I think that's, that's playing very well for customers. I think they understand this stuff is moving and it's complicated because if it's multi-cloud, if it's hybrid cloud, I'm connecting on-prem to cloud, on-prem to multi-cloud, how do I think about connecting all that? And that's happening anyway. So coming in with a story that uh, resonates and, and shows them that they have a true shared partnership in how we approach this. And there's just some fundamentals we apply um, to avoid risk um, is something that um, I think is really helping to accelerate things for us. Well, Steve, the point you just made about the movement from uh you know, what I had seen before in the early years of the cloud, that cybersecurity was a risk with yeah. the cloud. Now to being an enabler, I mean, it's just true. And I, I think you talk to a lot of businesses of any size, and it's not at all an indictment of the, the teams they have trying to do the cybersecurity. I mean, the bad guys are out there. They're getting smarter, faster, better than ever before. And as we've discussed, the nature of business here in 2020 is just very different. The data is everywhere. So that ability for a tech vendor to be seen as an enabler of some of these new essential strategic capabilities rather than somebody, maybe in the past some tech company said, hey, look, I sold you the stuff, now it's up to you. Yeah, well, it's not in the past, it's still happening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would you know, look at Amazon's own press releases. Um, yeah. 
but but it's 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 true it's um it's absolutely too true with respect to, to to security and i think people are understanding now it's enabler i think you're right it's it's sort of interesting when you look at the stats in 85 percent of the cases where a breach occurred there was a patch already available um there's like an average enterprise has 17,000 alerts uh, a week and you know only four percent are investigated and there's this other stat that there's like over 3.5 million open cybersecurity positions in the next 12 months and so people no matter how many can't sort of deal with these advanced persistent threats that are either external attacks on the network or in 70 percent of the cases internal threats which we just don't think about but it's true i mean once once they're inside of your, I mean, I can do close all the doors and bolt everything, but once they're in, you know, how do I have things protected? And so, and I would say the bad actors, to your point, are using these same emerging technologies to wage a highly sophisticated war against our customers. And so they just can't do it alone and we don't think they have to. In fact, there's like one other number, 100, 100%. That's the amount of times you have to get it right versus the bad guys. I mean, the bad guys only have to get it right once. And so we're, we're in it with our customers to help. Yeah. So Steve, you, a few minutes ago, you had alluded to the uh, infrastructure layer. Now, certainly with Oracle's Gen 2 infrastructure, this current subject around here about cybersecurity is an issue, but there's also other things that are involved. There are other benefits that Oracle says the Gen 2 IaaS can offer. Tell us a little yeah. bit about that. And, what's the perception or the reception you're getting from customers? Yeah, I think it's, you know, security has been paramount. I think when you look at what we've done, I mean, we did have an opportunity to be a fast follower and, you know, we've designed a Gen 2, you know, really purpose built for the enterprise and with sort of foresight into these types of workloads like machine learning, like IOT, like blockchain, we we're having tremendous uh, adoption with uh, HPC applications. And so not only can we support traditional workloads, but you need something that's architected to support and scale these workloads that weren't around 10 years ago, if, if we're going to be honest. And so I think security, I think performance, you know, things around governance and control that are important to, to enterprises. I mean, the way IaaS sort of grew was with a bunch of different departments that were swiping credit cards and who knows where your IP was going. And so today it's a little bit more of a mature approach and it's something, you know, again, we came at it with an enterprise uh, view in mind. And it also has been foundational to everything we do. So our applications have moved to run on our Gen 2 infrastructure. Our GBU apps, which is the finance, the healthcare, the, the construction apps, uh, 60, I think out of 40 of those have already moved. It's funny, in one weekend, we moved 10,000 customers on a construction app to OCI Gen 2 and it was transparent. Um, and so we're doing it, we're growing to meet demand. I think we announced that we were gonna add, you know, 20 new regions in the next uh, year. Um, I think that that's, that, that's about 20, uh, that's about every 23 days we're adding a data center region. In the last six months, and I, you know, it's been Seoul, Mumbai, Sao Paulo, Zurich, Sydney, two FedRAMP data centers, three DOD uh, data center regions. And so we're expanding. We've announced that we'll hire, you know, 2,000 people to help support, you know, global expansion, um, engineering and, and development on a global basis for this. So we're, 
you know, we're excited about the momentum and it really is foundation to sort of to go back to cloud wars versus IaaS wars. It's foundation to really everything we're doing, including IaaS services. Steve, it, it also seems like some of the things that Oracle is doing with its Gen 2 infrastructure and then autonomous database is a maturation of the early days of the cloud, right? You know, as new industries start, terms and concepts are sort of defined by the industry. But over time, customers sort of say, hey, look, that's all fine for your inside baseball stuff. Here's what we want. Here's how we need it. And it seems that the pairing of autonomous with the Gen 2 infrastructure is an opportunity to help customers optimize the, the best capabilities of both. So do you see there that Oracle's got a differentiated position by being able to bundle those together? It, it really is. Again, they work in concert. So when we're offering somebody autonomous database, that it comes with the Gen 2. I mean, that database runs on Exadata that's made up of our Gen 2. So this is all together and it's not just customer requirements it's interesting it's our own requirements because when steve miranda wants to run erp you know on oracle cloud i mean our erp is used by some of the biggest companies in the world and that houses your most sensitive data so you know we got to make sure it meets those demands as well but i'll tell you just like this quarter we talked about biogen and cisco and mgm entertainment and walgreens and Swiss Post, these are all companies that are using Autonomous and Gen2 together. So it's, it's, it's an exciting time. It's a differentiated product. And, you know, we're, you know, I, I think, you know, it's exciting going into 2020 to have this head of steam with us around Autonomous. Steve, uh, one other look ahead question here for this year. You get to travel the world, spend lots of time with customers. What's their general sense now about the, the trends that uh, of the topics they ask you about and their priorities as you're coming into this year when it seems that uh, digital move is certainly happening, the primacy of their ability to deliver quickly on what their customers want and need, that's, right? It, things are happening so fast now. I think that's it. You know, it's, it's interesting. We may have talked about this a little bit before, but you know what I'm seeing it, Again, if you look at sort of the last decade of cloud and, and what we've sort of talked about, a lot of it has been, okay, I mean, there, were, there was early benefit to instead of buying storage and racking and stacking in my data center, I'm gonna read storage from you. You know, instead of buying and deploying compute capacity on my own, I'm gonna rent, you know, compute from you. And it was great and it reduced costs and there was scale there arguably reduced costs. And as some people have yeah. sort of, there's like, there's a dual edge there. But what I'm finding out is like people, it's not about moving the data. It's about what do I do with that data now that I've moved it, right? How do I apply rich analytics? How do I leverage things like IoT? How do I do things like blockchain to track the providence of goods or to reconcile across ERP systems or provide transparency and banking transfers. We have customers using autonomous database to reduce the time it takes to get blood results from two weeks down to 30 minutes to provide precision agriculture, leveraging weather data, drone photographs and others so they can optimize crop yields. So we're seeing this, you know, this sort of going from like a very sort of, I, I think, simple value proposition, which, which on its own was obviously revolutionary, to, to your point, what can I do differently? 
just moving my storage from my prem to your cloud doesn't change my business. It doesn't help me engage with customers or innovate in, in newer and faster ways. And so I think that's what customers are looking to embrace. And those are the types of conversations we're having with them. Well, Steve, it makes perfect sense here. You know what, one of the, the premises here at Cloud Wars is that the cloud is gonna be sort of the engine of the digital economy. And of course, it's up to every business to use those capabilities in the right way. But the, uh, the explosion of the acceptance of what's going on now with cloud is companies sort of of every size and every industry all around the world are seeing, I can use the cloud to move faster to, as you described earlier, Steve, redeploy my resources toward higher value, externally facing growth opportunities instead of internal sort of grunt work. And I, I think that 2020 represents an opportunity here for the, the entire industry to help their customers do things, as you said, that they never thought possible before, create new business models and become the sort of companies they need to be to really thrive in this customer-driven future. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you providing this platform as well. I think it's really informative for people as they look at making decisions going forward. So. I appreciate it. Steve, thanks. It, it, last word for you. Anything that you wanted to be sure to touch on before we wrap up? I think we've covered it. And yeah, I think we're going in an exciting year. I think it's about autonomous. It's about integrating intelligence into the applications. I think it's about delivering differentiated out-of-box value to our customers across all layers of the cloud. And again, I think when we think of cloud, you know, think of it holistically. Because again, while we tend to try to put things in buckets from a deployment perspective, those disappear, you know? We don't think in silos or at least we shouldn't as we move forward and we should think holistically in terms of solutions and we should think about, you know, offerings that provide hybrid, new black, multi-cloud, as well as multiple layers of, of services uh, to help support that journey. I, can I jump in a little bit on your trend there with the new black? I got a black shirt on. Steve. I know. This is probably the one time I'm not wearing black, but I did try to go, you know, black is a food safe color for me, you know, because like, I tend to build things on me, but this will still provide some camouflage. Look great. You look great. Absolutely. Steve, thanks for knowing. Always a pleasure to speak with you. And thanks for those uh, illuminating ideas about where 2020 is headed. Thanks so much. Yeah, have a happy new year. Take care. Thanks, Steve, and thanks to all of you folks for being out here, for joining us here in this special episode of Cloud Wars Live, sponsored by Oracle and featuring Steve Dehib, Senior VP for the Cloud Business Group at Oracle. Look forward to seeing you next time.